Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Ed's October podcast, episode 42, take two, the Billy McCool edition. I'm your host, Coop, and we got one less person on with us, but we we will talk about that later. Uh, we've got some people here to talk. Marty Brenneman, who is retiring tomorrow. Today is Wednesday. The Reds just literally just lost 9-2. to We've got Wu on. Wu, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing better now, and <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, oh, uh, damn it, they lost. I'm a little behind here. 76 wins. That parade is in serious jeopardy now. And I'm really, really sad and mad. Yeah, it's it's definitely in jeopardy. Oh, yeah, there it is. We got Branch on tonight. Branch, how you doing? I'm doing great. I sold a bulldozer. Still stoked about it. <laughs> Even after all that. I mean, it's a bulldozer. <laughs> it's going to leave my front yard, so I'm happy about it. We also have Sarah on. Sarah, who is happens to be married to Branch. Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I am actually better than I thought I was because I remembered that my Suarez hit his 49th home run tonight. And that is fucking outstanding. Yes. I'm very excited about that for him. I'm excited too. We also have Burmy on with us. Burmy, how are you doing? Good, Coop. Thanks for having me back on. They just flashed a graphic that that was the second time in Brewers fa- franchise history, they've made the playoffs in back-to-back years. I guess good for them and fuck the Cubs, right? Uh, also, big shout-out to Ram, at Unc Ram, per usual. I would also like to give a shout-out to GABP for uh, clinching a playoff berth. He doesn't get to experience that very often. So, like I said, tonight is the Marty Brenneman trip down nostalgia lane. I want to start with everybody's favorite memories of Marty before we get into anything else. So, uh, Wu, tell us your uh, your favorite, either call or whatever, favorite aspect of Marty Brenneman. I don't have anything favorite specific. You know, just remember him always being good at calling a baseball game. That's when he was at his best, even in the back end of his career, was just calling the game, not commenting on his thoughts of base, like, you know, how the game's changed and his thoughts on that, that type of thing or specific players, but just calling the game. Um, I'll always remember that. Uh, nothing too specific, but I mean, I listened a lot when I was younger. Um, not much in the last, you know, five, 10 years or so, but just that he was really good. Still always was, always will be. That's it. All right. Let's uh, branch. Tell us your, uh, your favorite Marty memory. Uh, when I first got out of uh, the Marine Corps in April of 2000, uh, driving cross country in an old, really crappy truck. Um, my two-year-old, my wife had stayed back in California because, well, somebody needed to make money. And I was coming home on terminal leave. And we're, you know, I'm driving cross country with a two-year-old in a 1976 International Scout. It was not a pleasant trip. Anyway, we were, we, well, I wake up in outside of St. Louis. I think it was East St. Louis. 
and the truck is like I have to take my kid in and beg some, you know, Motel 6 clerk to like, hey, don't harm my baby for a minute. I have to go out here and fix the starter cable on this truck so I can get it warm enough to, you know, put him in it and get going. And so there was, you know, not knowing where the future was going and stuff. And somewhere around about Elizabethtown, Kentucky, I'm just hitting the scan button on the radio. And the Reds game is on. And I hear Marty. And, you know, growing up listening to Marty, it was, you know, it was always a, you know, it was something that as family we just did. And it hit me that, you know, I was coming home. That chapter of my life was over and that everything was going to be all right. And it was just hearing his voice, hearing the comfort of a baseball game, you know, and something I hadn't heard in like, you know, at that point, probably six, seven years. It was, it was a moving moment for me. You know, it, it was, it was special. Uh, yeah, that's a good it, moment. That's, that's good. Uh, Sarah, give us your favorite Marty memory. Well, it's not anything as beautiful and nostalgic as that, but uh, a couple years ago, um, we are listening, and uh, <laughs> Marty's talking about Billy Hamilton striking out, I think on an attempted bunt or something, you know, whatever. But uh, Marty goes, I don't know what he was looking at, because he sure as hell wasn't looking at that pitch. And I swear to you, I snorted wine out of my nose and could not stop laughing for like five minutes. So the older Marty has gotten, I really appreciate this surlier and more crotchety aspects of him and his his play calling and all of that. And it just, it makes me laugh. It reminds me of my grandpa who was crotchety and surly (laughs) (laughs) Burmy give us your uh, your favorite Marty memory sure Um, I don't have like a specific game because I I actually you know I'm more of a visual person and excuse me watching on TV has always kind of been my thing but in terms of listening to Marty um, I want to give a shout out to my aunt Michelle she uh, used to cut our hair She's been a hairdresser for about 35 years. And growing up, she would always have the Reds game on when we got our haircuts on Sunday afternoon. So she'd come over to the house, and we would have Marty on in the background, and that's kind of one of the associations I always had. But I think um, uh, my favorite memory was we'd go on vacation in the summertime as a family, and you know, we you know, you, we did the Saturday to Saturday down in South Carolina. And by, you know, by the time that second Saturday came around, I was jonesing to watch a little Reds baseball after about six days off. And as soon as we got into, I want to say, you know, Chad Dotson territory, you know, Marty's homeland territory, Virginia, you could flip that, flip that shit right on and, you know, find a broadcast of the Reds game. You could hear Marty and we'd listen to Marty as soon as we got back to Columbus. So we'd usually catch uh, the good part of the game on the radio that way and in the car and those were kind of my favorite Marty memories was just growing up. And it was only a couple times a year where I really got to truly um, enjoy an extended period of time with, you know, Marty on the radio. But I always uh, have those fond memories of him calling games. So I have a few uh, Marty memories. Obviously, before he became a little crotchety, like when, when Joe was still around. Uh, when I was growing up, not all of the Reds games were on TV like they are now. There would be like 40 
to like 60 games that were on TV, maybe. So the rest of the games, you had to listen to the radio. And uh, I didn't do the whole radio under the pillow thing that people always talk about for West Coast games because I had an actual radio. I wasn't that fucking poor. I would listen to Marty and Joe. And uh, I remember I was really sad when Joe died. And But yeah, it, it just reminds me of my childhood. But there's another Marty memory that I have. And this audio is courtesy of 700WLW in case anybody wants to get mad. Let's let's just take a listen to this. This is Marty talking to Bob Butcher. One ball, one strike to count with two outs and the bases empty. Give away a ball. Strike. Take over. You think I'm fucking stupid? Don't stupid Baker call. Said use it on the radio. Yes, don't challenge me anymore. When I use something like that, do not challenge me. No, you Pitches outside. The count evens at two balls and two strikes. That was Marty Brenneman telling Rob Butcher, <laughs> do you think I'm fucking stupid on the air? That's, that's awesome. I, it's, I, all, it's all right. Nobody's listening. <laughs> again, I don't. That's some. That's some Bob Euchre Major League shit right there. Yes, that is. It is. That's great. Again, I found that on the internet, so don't sue me, Reds or Seven Hundred WLW. That is your content, not mine. But definitely send Coop a nineteen nineteen ad. Thank you. So that is one of my favorite. Obviously, Marty calls was. <laughs> Do you think I'm fucking stupid? <laughs> that went out over the air. So was the pitch called a strike, but he called it a ball? No, it was apparently it was called a strike that he thought was a ball, but my guess was he was getting mad that and I'm assuming Rob Butcher, I'm not sure who it was who came into the booth, but I'm I'm thinking he got distracted with whoever it was came in to give him crap about whatever and then that's when he yelled take over to Jeff Brantley. I think this was it might have been Jeff Brantley's first year or maybe a second year. It was like really early on in the Jeff Brantley era. And uh, he's like, take uh, over. You think I'm fucking stupid. So, so what was that? Was it like yeah, 10 Jeff years ago? ago? Jeff was starting on This was at least 2008-ish, maybe. Something like so, that. So, when, did, when did, did Joe pass during the... When was Joe's last year on air? I want to say something like... I know was it 05? 06? Something like that? Because he, he died in 07, right? Yeah. I, th- I want to say 05, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. Because I remember okay. there was the the Steve Stewart experience, and that didn't go well. I uh, no, I, I I was just asking because, like, if Joe's last year was 05, then I would have been about thirteen, turning fourteen that year. So Pete Rose territory. I I vaguely remember Joe. Yeah, Pete Rose territory. I vaguely remember Joe, but that was like literally like the me coming home from vacation time. So. I don't remember much of Joe. Like most of my radio experience in my life has been Brantley with him. So that that's why we can cut all that. I, that that's no. why I asked. No, I. Uh... Well, well, if you want, if you want to talk about that, I mean, it was as somebody that remembers Joe fondly. It it the, the broadcast changed after Joe absolutely retired. It it really did because well, for the longest time, yeah, you know, really, really, you know, Joe, Joe was the comedian and marty was the straight man that made the call you know and it was uh you know and joe was 
brilliant and oh my gosh my my heart you know waxes poetic about riding around in the car when i was a kid listening to joe and marty you know and I, I still remember my dad bitching about bad marty was you know this was like 1980 but the team was starting to suck so it's easy to pick on the wait, wait when did when did when did joe start god uh 63 64 maybe well, no, Joe played till '66. So, okay, so he started. It in, was in a little bit after that. Joe Joe was there with Al Michaels. Al, Al Michaels was there about three years, I think, before Marty. Yeah, isn't that wild to think that Al Michaels is still on TV? Right. I mean, you're talking he's about good. Like he's good. Yeah, he's still doing Sunday Night Football. Like man. I watch yeah. Sunday Night. I watch Sunday Night Football and like say whatever you want about Collinsworth, who I actually don't mind. Chris Collinsworth. I know people no, have different right. opinions. I, you I, know, there's much worse than Chris Collinsworth. There, there is, there is. 67 to 04. 67 to 04. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, 04 is about, yeah, that's right. I mean, I went to my first Reds game live in 2000. So I, was, I know, but I mean, fuck, I was born in 91. So I, I've been watching him on TV since you. realistically remembering about 97, 98. So God. I know. I know. I'm. I, I'm sorry. I made you all feel old. That wasn't my intention. I don't feel old. Shit. Hell no. I feel sad for you. Oh yeah. You should, I, I hate you should feel like, sad it, for me. Thanks, at mom and dad, for know. reproducing so late. <laughs> the the fact that you didn't get to hear the radio calls or held the TV calls, for a matter of fact, of the ninety season, season. I'm sorry. I I, feel I bad. didn't either. Bar me. It's fine. You know, it it was amazing. Well, and what a lot of people don't remember because they're as young as Burmy is that uh, when Marty. There were some games during the season when Marty would hand off to Joe for like the third and fourth inning. He would go over to TV and do play-by-play on TV. This was this was back before like George Grand was there. Yeah. I want to say it was when Gordy Coleman was still alive and was the yeah. color guy on TV. He would uh, yeah he would go over and do like the third and fourth inning on TV because I remember I remember specifically one game when the Reds were trying to put Willie Green in the outfield and he was in right field. <laughs> this is another good Marty one. Willie Green was not an outfielder. Let's just say that. So a ball gets hit right. I think it was off a right-handed bat, so it was slicing. So he starts going to his right, and then he realizes the ball's going towards the line, and he turns around to try to track the ball to the line, and he falls down, and Marty just goes, wow. That's all he said. Just goes, Wow. It was freaking hilarious. You had to be there, apparently, because nobody else seems to. That's one of the funny things about Marty. Is in the moment, he could call what's happening so well. I mean, he did it with Clinchmas. He did it with 192. Yep. And, and it's not rehearsed. He said it time and time again. It's not. But in the moment, he calls exactly kind of what's running through your head and what you're feeling. There, there's a talent in that. I mean, there, there's a special talent there. And, you know, aside from the, uh, they couldn't hit that, that with an ironing board and all that yeah. shit, you know. One but, of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of my other favorite calls, I'm just remembering these as we go. Uh, the Reds walked off against the Braves, and this was at Riverfront. It was like 9-8, to eight, and Eddie Taubensee hit like a two-run home run to walk it off. Or, no, it might have been the eighth inning or something to put him in the lead. And it was just a really great call. Woo. Give me some... Some Marty memories that maybe aren't as warm and fuzzy. Oh, uh, I don't just all the time he bitches. I don't know. 
I didn't listen to them that much the last listen for like five, ten years or whatever, and then baseball is on TV a crap ton, so I don't have anything. I'm useless on this topic. Oh, you're the Move Phil along. Razor. The part of Phil Razor is being Some, played by Wu tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah, let's go to you. Sarah, give me some not so warm and fuzzies about Marty. Honestly, Outstanding. No, no. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Branch. Well, quite frankly, the fact that he thinks the Reds should like hand Jose Iglesias a freaking 10-year lifetime contract right now is kind of pissing me off. Oh, yeah, there's that. Uh, some of his opinions on players that may or may not be elite you know, were wrong. And, you know, in true Marty fashion, he doesn't necessarily handle it with elegance and grace. Um, some bashing of new players really gets in my nerves with him. Um, if a guy comes up and mainly pitchers and struggles at all, he's all over them about being bad. And right, and, and it's just, and I, and I get it seniority rules and he just does this over and over again but he you know I mean I remember him bashing Luis, Luis Castillo you know I mean just not really bashing just being like well he would, did suggest heading out of the spring you shouldn't even be starting in the rotation yeah. So. yeah that kind of stuff gets on my nerves but I overlook it Burmy give us your uh, not so warm and fuzzies about Marty I guess my uh, my biggest complaint against Marty is just the vitriol against Votto, which I think, uh, I mean, and, and the thing is, there's a lot of Reds fans that I think it might stem from Marty. You know, a lot of people base their opinions Votto based on what Marty says, and I think it's a little unfair because I, uh, I don't know. I, I think the best way to put it is he's overly critical based on the amount of money that Votto makes, in my opinion. And as Wu has said many, many times on here, it's not anything Votto did wrong. It's the economics of baseball. You know, Votto made $500,000 the year he won the MVP. And the year after, he made like $600,000. And that's not, you know, that's not, that's not anybody's fault. But now he makes $20 million a year, more, whatever it is. It's $25 million maybe next year. And people whine about, well, they only hits 17 homers and drives in 50 runs okay, you know, if you really want to be that negative, then he's making up for lost time because Vod is technically underpaid. But, you know, I, I guess my biggest, uh, my biggest qualm with Marty is how critical he is of Joey Vada when instead of just sitting back and knowing that his career is coming to an end and just enjoying Vado's career as it also comes to the end for the same value, if that makes sense. No, I got you. It does. And no, I think, he goes after the easy target sometimes. Go ahead, Will. I mean, yeah, I think it's like just sort of a, a microcosm or example of someone who's been in the game for a long time and really didn't change that much, right? Baseball is baseball. And, you know, in the last 15 years, 20 years, 15 years, realistically, uh, you know, baseball is going through an evolution and evaluation and how to look at the game, how to play the game. And with that, as somebody who's covered this game for a long time, that is something new to learn. And on the back end of your career, I can see how that would be um, somewhat annoying, perhaps. You know, a lot. I personally be like, oh, it's something new. You know, I find it invigorating in a way. Uh, but you know, Vado is sort of the face of that. Not that the Reds were all in, in at any point really until recently, in, in, at all, in terms of 
you know a new approach to baseball but in terms of production and how he as a player looked at the game attacked the game studied the game he represented that and i think it just became that point of focus and sort of that channel and avenue for him to attack something that he'd been covering and i am an expert on this and now my thoughts are being challenged my views are being challenged and uh just didn't take too kindly to that and the attack and angle on Vado was just his avenue to vent that frustration. Well, and my my main criticisms criticisms of Marty obviously are the Vado, but uh, are the Vado commentary has uh, Marty basically turned a large segment of the fans against Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn was one of the first of the three true outcome players that came through. Adam Dunn was a very very good offensive player and because he struck out a lot and his batting average wasn't very high marty had i mean and i'm not going to blame it all another example right example he was the new version of baseball i mean adam dunn got on base at an unbelievable clip scored over 100 runs many years in his career because he was on base that's what you but he's not fast yeah, and he had his fights with Ken Griffey Jr. Um, I'm not going to go into that because I think Jr. shares a little bit of the blame on some of that. Um, the whole where Marty said, and Marty turned out to be true, that I was here before you and I'll be here after you. And yeah. that kind of gets to like, as part of the ego, right? So the Reds had their 90, right? They had another World Series. <laughs> In 95 there and then just turn to the shitter right and it's sort of i'm the biggest thing about this franchise does no one else better dare challenge me for that man is, is that you sort know, of that you know playing kind of, out i was gonna say i think it's kind of funny that marty would say i was here before you and i'll be here after you because if it wasn't for the players on the field marty wouldn't have a fucking job so yes he will be there longer than you because his job isn't physical and his, you know, his body isn't going to let him down, you know, barring him, you know, like getting ill, which any human being would do. Yes. Any reasonable player is going to go. Yeah. You'll probably be here longer than me, given your age and your profession. But for him to actually say that, that to me, that that's infuriating because if it wasn't for the men on the field playing the game, he'd be doing something totally different and nowhere near as lucrative. So Unless he went into a field not regarding sports, but clearly that's his fucking passion. So to me, that's just kind of an asshole statement. Well, and- it is. I mean, and, and, and he and it's not like he doesn't come across a little bit privileged. He does. Yeah, and, always has. And I don't want to turn this into a let's everybody shit on Marty on the way yeah, out the door thing, but I, I mean, but there's still. I mean, everybody. I mean, we're we're giving both sides it's of a the part coin of history. Here. Yeah, it is. One thing that I am looking forward to now that Marty's going to retire is if he actually will say that his uh, his Twitter handle is him with the wet granny sluts. But <laughs> I have not looked at it lately and see if he still has that. Oh, those, those wet granny sluts. So anyway... But you know the thing that drives me more nuts about Marty than anything else is his failure with Tom. He yeah. failed as a father with Tom. He definitely should have pulled out because because it's okay parenting. As Wu was talking about fifteen years ago, baseball changed. Well, Tom decided to dial it back to the dead ball era, like 
we all give a fuck about who's fucking high school and parents are in the goddamn stands. And wax poetic about that for 20 fucking minutes. Um, but yeah, he, he did fuck up and kind of got Tom a job in Cincinnati. He says he didn't, but he, you know he did. And the nepotism shit is, is bullshit. Tom should have never got that fucking job. Marty, shout out to Marty. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple other things. Uh, if you go to Marty's Wikipedia page, there's a controversy section. Uh, the first one is about when Marty and Joe got called in New York because they claimed that the uh, they were the National League claimed that they were trying to incite a riot when Pete Rose was thrown out of a game as manager. Uh, you can read about that. That's that's not a big deal. I want to get to one of the things I actually like about Marty, and that is what he said about Cubs fans. So back in I think it was 2008, the Reds were playing the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Uh, Adam Dunn hit a home run, and the Cubs have that stupid tradition where like, oh, I'm going to throw the ball back on the field. But at at this point, the fans threw like a bunch of balls out on the field, and it delayed the game. So now, courtesy of his Wikipedia page, allow me to quote the great Marty Brenneman on Cubs fans. This is the kind of thing, quite honestly, right now that makes you want to see the Chicago Cubs team lose. Among all baseball fans, and I can't attest to the Yankees or Red Sox because we don't see them to, with any degree of regularity unless it's early play, but far and away the most obnoxious fans in baseball in this league are those who follow this team right here, throwing 15 or 18 balls onto the field. That's absolutely no excuse for that, and that is so typical of Chicago Cubs fans. It's unbelievable. You simply root against them, you know. I've said all winter... They talked about this team winning division, and my comment is they won't, won't win it because at the end of the day, they are still the Chicago Cubs, and they will figure out a way to screw this whole thing up. Bravo, Marty Brenneman. Oh. Yeah, and on that, that's where him being an asshole comes in really nice. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah, sentiment. Beautiful. beautiful sentiment, Marty. And that rounds out perfectly how uh, uh, the Reds ended the Cubs' playoff hopes tonight by losing. Um, the other controversy I don't really want to get into because um, I had never heard of it before. Uh, you can look into that about Marty and uh, speaking at Marshall University and what he said about their president in softball, which is something I'm not going to repeat on here. Even I have standards. I mean, uh. that's that's one word I'm just going to not say. Anyway. Marty Brenneman, at the end of the day, your good far outweighs your bad, I think, in my opinion anyway. Yeah, you've got a little crotchety here the last 10 years or so, but I'll choose to remember you as I thought of you when I was a kid listening to you and Joe broadcasting games on a summer night. So, via adios, all the best. Why don't we uh, answer some listener questions? This week, I asked people to use the uh, hashtag #ImpeachPhilRazor when they ask their questions. Phil Razor might get impeached from the podcast. One because he's Phil, and two, he has not been on a few weeks. So, dude, Phil's been like MIA. What's the deal? I, he moved to Iowa, and 
He's got running. He went out. Bernie Sanders. No, he went. I don't know. No, man. He went out in the core socks. He went uh, full James Earl Jones. He's just gone. Nobody knows where he went. Is he playing with the 1919 White Sox right now? No, no, no. Like, like they asked him to go out into the corn stocks, and now he's just gone. He's been getting corn cobbed, is what you're saying. And then all of a sudden, you know, Coop's playing catch with his dad on the field, and it's fucking crazy. But yeah. <laughs> is this heaven? No, it's Phil Razor's basement. <laughs> Puts a lotion on, on his skin, or else he gets the hose again. God. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Phil Buffalo Bill Razor. Oh, my God. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me. Is the sponsor- God, nothing happened with Buffalo Bill. He's probably sponsored by Jurgens at this point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, why don't we answer some I questions? Phil's dick doesn't have a single wrinkle. I don't even know what to say to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our first question comes from Joe D., at JDNO07. Joe asks, hashtag impeach Phil Razor, will Alex Wood be resigned? If so, is there any hope for him? I I don't think he's coming back. Um, I just don't think he showed enough. I don't know if it's that he's hurt, still hurt. Um, and honestly, I just don't see it. What do you all think, Woo? You think uh, Alex Wood is coming back? I, I think there's decent a decent chance. I, I think that it would be that cheap alternative. He can't, he's got to know he's not going to get much interest. I'd be surprised if he got much interest um, out there in the market. Uh, you know, obviously not going to get a qualifying offer or anything like that. Like we thought maybe heading into the season. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised. If they signed him cheap, like a two year deal or something like that. Just to have some depth. You know, he, he stated he wanted to, he was interested in being here early in the season. Now maybe that's changed, but I can see it happening. It's the Reds, so I yeah. mean, I, who knows? Burmy. Seven starts. They weren't that good. If they can get him cheap, maybe bring him back. He does have bullpen experience, and considering the lefties we have in the bullpen right now, Amir Garrett is good for about seventy percent of the season. So. Maybe they tag team, you know, the and left hand, the left handed. He may not even what? be good next year because you know there were bullpen arms and year to year, who who the f knows. So. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I yeah, I mean, if they can get him on a nice cheap deal, sure, because he really hasn't proven a lot. But if he wants a uh, big starter money, I think there are better ways to go find starting pitching. So I really, I it's kind of up in the air. But he is left handed. And that is something the Reds generally don't have is left-handed starting pitching. So he does have a little leverage there. But in my opinion, it you know, if the money's right, go for it. If not, see what you can work out and you know, go sign some go sign some bats. Uh, yeah, he's going to be. Uh, they'll bring him back if he's willing to come back for less than seven million, just under seven million on probably two to three years. Which you know, right. Now might not be a stupid signing by him, stupid signing by the Reds. Um, because you could end up with a left-handed starter that's worth 15 or a left-handed reliever that's worth five. So, yeah, I, 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 I'd say they're going to bring him back because I can see the other club reaching out to him and uh, saying, hey, we're going to do this. And as he said, he's wanted to, he wants to come back. But, you know, if anybody goes above uh, eight, 
eight million a year on him, he's probably going to another club. But again, I don't know if there's going to be a much much uh, market out there for services. Sarah, you got any opinions on Wood? Um, I I agree with everybody. I think it depends on it's going to depend on later if he can stay healthy too. Um, you know, because he's had those issues, and yeah, with only what were the five, seven starts? Yeah, seven. Seven starts with with the Reds, and you know, everybody was looking forward so forward to how that was going to play out. Typical Reds fashion is, yeah, we're going to hang on to him and and hope for the best. So, you know, but yeah, I don't see it being any big, long, expensive, extended contract, but. There is a point of being a left-handed starter, so we'll see. All right, so our next question comes from the Buckeye State Sports at Ohio underscore sports 19 on Twitter. He asks, uh, hashtag impeach Phil Razor, if the Reds add D.D. Gregorius and Yasmani Grandal and maybe an arm or two for the bullpen depth, where do they stack up amongst the rest of the Central? I think that depends on what the other teams are going to do. Uh, I don't know if this prob- Cubs probably will try to re-sign Castellanos. The Cardinals are fluid in terms of some of their guys are nearing into their contracts, and they've got some dead weight contracts. And uh, the Brewers still have a good core. Uh, the Pirates are going to suck ass. Right now, if if that's what you do, if you just add. Didi Gregorius, Yasmani Grandel, and maybe two bullpen arms, you're probably fighting for third. That's about it. Uh, let's start with you, Burmy. What do you think? I think, uh, you know, I personally, I think the Reds starting pitching-wise, they have a, a quality nucleus there to go out and really, really attack. And I think everybody's going to talk about trading Tyler Malley in the offseason. I think they should look at trading Anthony Discofani. I think he has more value. And Absolutely Disco, more actually, value. Dis, Disco actually pitched a lot better than we get him credit for this year uh, as a fan base. So I think that would be one of the moves there that I think could be made is Anthony Discofani getting traded to uh, an American League team that's looking for that fifth starter. And hopefully we can get a decent bat back. Two bullpen arms is a lot. Uh, Grandall, sure. I mean, he's better than Tucker. Um that's fine. I mean, Tucker could be the backup. His contract's pretty team-friendly. What was it, four for 16? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty pretty good fucking deal there. Um, value-wise, at least, he's, Tucker gets on base. Um, Didi Gregorius, I think, is kind of a pipe dream. He spent a lot of time in that short porch in New York, so I don't really know exactly what, you know, he's still going to rake in Great American Ballpark, but I think getting a guy like that is kind of a pipe dream. If they did add both of them, I mean, yeah, who knows? How much value do they really bring? This team might win 75 games. Do they win 88 next year with that improvement? I don't know. So, Branch. Uh, I was just getting ready to say, as you call it, I mean, that deal could net you 75 wins. But if everything goes right, it could net you 86 so I'm kind of right there. It's 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 not a uh, get a you know trade for Lindor, get Rendon, and go after it kind of move. It's a more of a well, if everything goes right, we'll finish one, two, or three in the division kind of move. Does that make any sense? 
No, that makes sense. Uh, Sarah, you got any, uh, what are your thoughts on DD and Grindel, maybe two bullpen arms and the Reds competing? I concur. <laughs> Thank you, Phil Razor. Uh, woo, your thoughts. Uh, I I think under the hypothetical, I think you're out. You're gonna you're gonna have a, at least a wild card, you know, in the chase team there. I mean, looking at some projections, uh, you know, and this is from earlier in the year, but Grandal is projecting to be um, over a three WAR uh, and DD over a three as well. I mean, that's some massive improvement there for the Reds. Definitely improvement. To, yeah, what than what they I got. Mean, yeah, like Iglesias this year is uh, 1.2 in fan graphs. And let's see, what is uh, Barnhart? Uh, Tucker's probably around like a 0.5, I would bet. Yeah, something like they want at most. Um, yeah, 0.5. So, I mean, that that does a massive Boom. improvement with the Reds. So, uh, I, I would say that they they're de- they're definitely would be in the running for a wild card with the idea that maybe the pitching decreases a little bit. Um Everyone talks about bullpen arms, and I don't argue, hey, you look to improve where you can improve it. Bullpen arms are a fecal beast and uh, a fecal, fecal beast. And, uh, it could be a fecal <laughs> beast, too. Yeah. Fecal <laughs> beast. Fecal beast. Uh, looks like wow. we found out Woo's into anal. There we go. Uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, the bullpen arms that were solid this year could not, and, you know, it can go any way. Uh, so... Under the hypothetical, yeah, I think that they're a playoff team. Uh, okay, uh, so our next question actually comes from Wu. He asks, hashtag impeach Phil Razor, why can't you buy 50-50 tickets with Bitcoin at Great American Ballpark? Such bullshit. So here's the story with that. I actually got to meet Wu on Saturday at Great American Ballpark. Learned his real first name. He didn't. He still didn't tell me his last name, but I know his real first name. And so I'm talking to Wu and his friend, whose actual name I forgot, but don't tell him that because uh, he seemed like a nice guy. Uh, so we're sitting there talking to Wu and the guy with the split the pot tickets comes up and he says, you know, the thing they say, do you want to you want to buy split the pot, whatever. And I said, just joking that I didn't have cash, but do you take Bitcoin? And that led to this guy giving us a five-minute dissertation on why Bitcoin is going down and why you need to sell. And he, he said some other things, and I was just like, I mean, it was a joke. Woo, what else did he say about Bitcoins? I can't remember. I started tuning out after he started talking immediately, so I have no detail there. I mean, good for him for knowing all the ins and outs of Bitcoin, but... It was a joke. He thought you were serious, a thousand percent. Oh, so. he was, yeah. So yeah, so that. Uh, was, so, so was this the guy selling the fifty-fifty tickets? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, uh, "Do you so take the Bitcoin?" The guy that sells yeah. the fifty-fifty tickets at GABP is an expert on Bitcoin. Am I getting this straight? At least one of them. At least the guy that was at the Power Stacks was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was interesting. Well, it, it was. TV. That's cool. I, I, it was Danny V. I guess. You go, you. You go, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I believe Emily and her boyfriend were there too, so you can uh, you can ask her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm surprised I didn't hear about that. Uh, well, you were uh, you were on your four hour smoke break at that point, so. Dude, I got people to meet. 
I mean, you know, he was so, also shopping. To be fair, yeah, I was actually shopping a little bit. I we ripped them motherfucking cigs. No, we we were actually looking for blue 2017 uh, Father's Day pancreatic cancer Cincinnati Reds at because they don't have them anymore. Testicular cancer, yes, testicular cancer. Because my boss is and wants another one. And I, we almost offered a guy like sixty bucks for one off the top of his head. It was, it was an adventure anyway. Uh, so the next question comes from Wu again. Hashtag Impeachville Razor with a pending retirement. Does Marty's burner account now need a burner? And we kind of addressed that, but uh, I would be really interested to see if Marty does put his name on that account because. It's problematic. I do not think he's going to put his name on that account. I highly doubt he's going to put his name on that one. He will probably start a brand new one. Somebody will reach out to him and start a brand new one. Yeah, or even, you know, sell him theirs. If the wet wet granny is gone, then somebody's already gotten to him. Somebody has, yes. Yeah. But but, but he's going to want a blue check mark, and he'll get one really quick. Because he's going to have a lot of opinions about basketball and shit like that, you know. Football, too. And, yeah. No, I mean, the last the – last <sighs> College basketball. Said... No, I was no, I was going to joke that you guys were all fans of the inferior sport. Uh, no, um, I think Marty's going to get an actual account when he retires, but he's not going to run it. He's going to have, like, somebody – like, the red social media team will still run it, and Marty's going to come back and do, like, ten games a year – on air until he physically can't do it anymore. Here's what I think. I think like his wife, George, George Grant. No, God, I hope his wife doesn't do it. it his wife will do it. JTM. His wife will oh, do it. No, that's Laura's lean. Laura's lean. Flavor. Whatever. Flavor. 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 No, his wife will run it. And honestly, I don't even think he'll do as many games as George Grant. I don't know if he'll do any at all. He Wait, says he spe- won't. Speaking of your wife running it for you, I met Todd Frazier last Friday. Did he block you? No. <laughs> so, I've been blocked by Todd Frazier since probably, I don't know what, like 2015, 2016. But I was just walking on the street past the uh, the Skywheel on my way to Yard House on Friday. And my buddy and I and, like, this girl he's hanging out with, the three of us were just walking down there. And all of a sudden, we're walking, and he goes, is that Todd Frazier? Look, and I'm like, yeah, it's got to be. And then he turns around, and he has this, like, little backpack on that says Frasier on it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I walk up, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, uh, thanks for your time in Cincinnati. I wish you all the best. And he goes, man, I appreciate that. And gives me this big-ass dap, like, half hug. And I was like, thanks, man. And just walked on. <laughs> well, that's not bad. No, no, no. He was he was very polite. Yeah. But what I what I wanted to say, you is probably got blocked for bitching at him about you know like. I never, I, I mean, never. Well, <laughs> I, I I never once tagged him in a tweet about that. I don't tag athletes in tweets like that. But, but you probably mentioned Todd Frazier shouldn't have swung at that slider yeah, she, away. Which for probably, God's sakes. Yeah, she probably vanity searched it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I uh, no, that, I thought it was funny. But what I really wanted to say was thanks to Todd. And look at his wife. Now unblock me, you bitch. And walk <laughs> off. But you didn't. But, yeah. No, of course, because I am, despite the fact that my, most of the time I'm in Cincinnati, I'm uh, rather intoxicated, as you all know. I uh, I am polite. I am very, very cordial. So. I gotcha. 
that good Catholic upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get we, we get shit-faced, but we're very polite. We're very polite about it, yeah. So our next question comes from TJ at Gayajit1. He has two questions, actually. Hashtag impeach Phil Razor. When are you going to get me on that podcast shit? Well, I mean, I don't know if we really know enough about you to get you on here. I mean, I know we didn't know Wu's name, but still. Next question, next question, realistic cost for Mookie Betts. I don't think the Reds have. Hunter, well, Hunter Green, Jonathan India, Senzel. And they're not going to do that. No, but I, I, honestly, like, if they were going to give away top MLB talent to get Mookie Betts, it'd be like, it'd be like Luis Castillo, Suarez, and then, like, Hunter Green. And that may be able to do it. How, how many years does Mookie have left on his, uh, you know, in arm and all I that shit? I believe it's three. Hold on, let me look that up while you all. Oh talk. fuck yeah, we can't afford that. No, 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 no fuck no. Yet. If it's if it's three, <laughs> it, no, seriously, it's three. Then it's Suarez, Castillo, and someone else. Yeah, and that that obviously is not worth it. Mm-mm. No, now the farm system doesn't have the strength to do that. They just don't. He is arbitration eligible. He's not a free agent until 2021. Because Lindor is a one-year rental, they might have the farm system to do that. But they do not oh, have the farm system to go after bats. I think, I think Lindor could be like, he, honestly, I think like because he's one year, Yeah, it could, it could be like Dee Sclafani, Jonathan India, and then like Amir Garrett, and that'd probably get it done. That, that you're, you're probably pretty close on that. I was kind of thinking of a couple other names, but but they're all real close to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lou, what are your thoughts on Mookie Betts? Any chance? Not, no. I agree. Sarah. Same. Just no. Just, it's not going to happen. That's that's going to cost us too much. And you know, to only, I mean, even if we were to get him next year, to have only have control for a year, or two years. No, 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 we're talking about Mookie. It'd be three. Oh, three years. Yeah. So that's big. Well, twenty-one. Yeah, I think it's after twenty one though. I think this is his oh, second okay. year of arbitration well, but still, coming. Well, I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's worth. They're, they're, they don't have it. They, don't they would yeah. have to literally clear out any kind of prospect value that they have. Yeah, and I absolutely. don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't either. All right. So Jonathan Webster had a question that I'm not going to read because we do not talk about politics on here. Uh, but shout out to Jonathan, and he did use the hashtag #ImperialRazor. Uh, our next question comes from Reds GM uh, at Reds GM. The Eugenio Suarez greatest of all times is his uh, thing. Do you guys think Scott Hatterberg is a good player? Now, there's another good Marty call mm. that we didn't talk about. Adam but from Milwaukee. When Adam Dunn <laughs> called into the old banana phone that they don't do anymore during rain delay and, yeah. and did the Adam from Milwaukee routine and Marty played along with it, that was hilarious. Yes, it was. So, yeah. Uh, Bo, at Bo Dirt on Twitter, forgot to use the hashtag. Who wins more football games this year, Kentucky or Florida State? God damn it, Bo. (laughs) That fucking Florida game. I swear to God, that fucking Florida game. I about lost my ever-loving shit. I'm not laughing at, Coop, I'm not laughing at Kentucky. I know. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the fact that Florida State in this with them. Florida State's not that good. 
I know. That's what, that's what I'm. That's what I'm laughing at. Here's the thing. Shout I'm out, Polly. All the fucking uh, goddamn Florida State fans. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my god. Peter yeah. Ward. Uh, so that'll wrap up our uh, listener questions. Let's get into the uh, Tom Burnham and Memorial Court Hog of the Week. Last week, uh, Felipe Vasquez, for being a child rapist, won the award. Uh, he didn't have Twitter, so I couldn't tweet it to him. Uh, so let's go around the room here and everybody nominate their dick of the week. Uh, let's start with Sarah this time. Sarah, give me your Tom Brown and Memorial Corn Hog of the Week. Oh, God. I mean, we can put God on there if that's what you want to well, do. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> who intentionally hit a bat? No. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even have to be baseball. Oh. Sal Romano, Sal Romano did hit a guy with the bases loaded tonight. But he totally I mean, didn't, he didn't totally do that. Didn't no, 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 that no, no, but with the way his season's gone, you know. I said intentionally, damn it. So do you oh. got a dick of the week? Like, who just pissed you off this matter, week? Matter and damn it. Who has pissed me off this week? Yeah, who's made you matter and damn it? Well, why, don't, why don't we go to Branch and if you think of one, just jump in. Dumbass dumb kids. Dumbass kids. There we go. Dumbass kids. Dumbass kids have made me matter and damn it. Branch, what's made you matter and damn it this week? Gosh damn it. I don't want to go political, but fuck. I mean, don't. Don't don't go. Shit that's going on. It's just like, oh my God. Don't go political. Hold on. What the hell? You know what? The Cleveland fucking Browns. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, woo, cornhog of the week. The Pirates' ownership and front office. Because is they it are Bob bringing... Nutting? Is his first name Bob? Uh, I don't think so. Well, president. I don't know who the owner is. That doesn't matter. It's going to be Bob. Bob Nutting. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. I thought it was Neil Huntington. Or is that a GM? That's the GM. Uh, they're bringing Clint Hurdle. And nothing's worse for that organization than baseball. And it's it's just it's mind boggling. And if I was a Pirates fan, I'd say I'm done. I just it's just it's just ridiculous. Breaking news: I was right. Robert Nutting, (laughs) Bob Nutting. That is inexcusable, though. I can't believe they're bringing him back. Bobby Nut. Burmy, your cornhog of the week. Well, coming into the football season. I said my corn hog of the year was Jim Harbaugh because he's overrated and not good. And what did Michigan do last week at Wisconsin? They absolutely shit the bed. I mean, holy shit. They went in there and were down 28 nothing at halftime. They didn't even show up. Jim Harbaugh is only not a good coach. He's a fucking weirdo that probably can use to sleep over with recruits and drinks milk to the wee hours of the morning until they commit to another school. So my corn hog of the year and of the week can you be Jim Harbaugh. So for my of the week, I'm going to go with Mike Brown because, once again, the Bengals suck ass, as we knew, and he's trying to screw this whole music deal, this uh, music venue on the banks thing. Uh, he's wanting to redo his 
lease in order to do that. And then the city's getting involved and the county's getting involved. It's a whole mess. And, and I'm just going to blame Mike Brown because fuck him. So we got one more topic came up today. And that's that uh, Joey Votto did an interview with C-Trent for The Athletic. Where he mentioned, and I mean the question kind of led him into this. But he mentioned the possibility of retiring before his contract is up. So, Burmy, do you see Joey Votto retiring early? I can see him retiring when he thinks he doesn't have it at all anymore. And his contract is through 2023 with a 2024 option. Is that accurate? I believe so. Okay. I can see him retiring no earlier than 2022. I think he would play for three more years. Um, just to really maximize, because I mean, obviously he's hitting about 270 right now, still getting on base about, you know, 370. Um, without the first month to two months of the year, with that very odd approach he took, you know, he's hitting him, you know, much better right now. So I think he gives himself at least three more years. Uh, so I think the earliest he, he would retire is, you know, post 2022 season. But yeah, I mean, I could totally see him leaving. A couple of years on the table because I think Vada's the guy that's very proud, and I don't think he would just play out a contract solely because it's guaranteed. So I can see him retiring early, but I don't think it's for at least another three years. Woo. Yeah, he's not Pete Rose. He's not going to chase. He's not going to play out a contract. You know, I I I agree with all that. Um, I also agree. I think twenty twenty two would probably be it. I also think that it depends upon what the Reds do, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. The Reds got to be all in next year if they're not, and you know, not a playoff team. That's a failure of season. At that point, I don't think there's going to be the window of playoffs the rest of his career, um, and that could start to weigh in on it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it speaks to the type of person he is and the type of player he is. And for everyone who wants to shit on him, um, you, you know, you're kind of eating crow. At the end of the day, he walks away. Um, uh, you know, it, it's going to be about how he performs and it's always that's always is it's always always has been he's always will be that's why he's as was as good as he was um so i i will not be surprised at all if you know two three years from now he's like you know this is it i'm done and, and I, I think it'd be very J- joey Votto kind of way at the end of the day too like just he's just gonna say i'm done and that's yeah. it well, he's not gonna be a farewell to or something any of that it's just he's gonna be i'm done and uh, i'm gonna go live my life i mean he's gonna be 36 next year and he's had a, I don't want to call it a bad year, but he's had a non-Joey Votto year. Just, I mean, he's, he's still been well, producing like a league average, right? right. You, you want more out of that, but that's very not him, right? right. And, you know, he's he, also, joked, he joked about the aging curve, sorry. He joked about the aging curve at the beginning of the year, but it's a real thing, and it's going to mm-hmm. hit him. And Sorry, not to, not to be an asshole. He'll be 37 by the time next season ends. Yeah. And Is, yeah, he'll... He'll be 37 next September. Yeah, the uh, birth dates on Baseball Reference, I think, are as of opening day. Or, yep, or it is. Ages, so like, yeah. the, yep, this is his age 35 season. Right. He, he's 36 now. Yeah. So, yeah, like I mean, granted, his birthday is September 10th, I think. But he, uh, yeah, he'll be 37 before next season ends. I, I, I mean, I, I personally, I would just be shocked if he plays, you know, at age, which. Yeah, would put him at 
you know, 20, 2023. And I, like I said, I apologize for interjecting, but I am just, I personally, I'm fascinated with Joey Votto career, the numbers, all of it. And the way that a lot of people that are about five to 10 years older than me are with Ken Griffey Jr. is the way I am with Joey Votto, because I remember his entire career from his debut till now. So he's kind of like that first superstar that I've had that I've seen all the way through beginning to end. And that's why I think I take a very high personal interest in his career. You're right that uh, his birthday is September 10th, which was almost a day that people would never forget. Branch, will Joey Votto retire early? Uh, no, because he's smart and he's going to get off in the last day of the season. He's going to go to Canada. And he's going to spend two solid months shooting up HGH and boys like a motherfucker. And he's going to come out and have an April and May next year that's going to be like, oh, my God, how did this happen? But he's going to test clean because he's going to quit in, like, February. You know what I mean? You know, you got a work system, and he's a smart motherfucker. <laughs> so we can keep this shit going for a couple more years if we actually use roids. You know, so, hey, Joe, if you listen to this podcast, go ahead. Shoot him up, bro. Do it. Hit him. Sarah's going to disagree with me on this, but, you know, that's what I'm saying. Fucking hit the roids. Play to your 43. <laughs> Sarah. <You. laughs> wow, dude. Um, so part of that, part of that interview with C. Trent was also that, you know, he's saying a multitude of things, but also, you know, if I'm not having fun anymore, I'm going to retire. And, you know, and I'm looking at a quote right now about him talking about this year and how it's not a year and, and how frustrated he is. And I think there's a real possibility with Joey, um, you know, from the personal aspect of it, regardless of, of his physical health and how well he's playing and, and been playing lately that, uh, you know, other than that back problem. Um, that that he could surprise us all and be like, yeah, nope, I'm done. Y'all wear me out. This ain't no good anymore. I'm I'm not having fun. So so I think it's a positive. I mean, yes, I'd like to see him play out his contract or even. So you're pro Roy, right? <laughs> That's what you're saying here. <laughs> pro Roy, Joey. I'm pro Roy's Joey. I mean, I mean, I guess if that's where you want to take it, but but I think I think Joey really is. If, this, if Joey Votto was playing in Mark McGuire Sammy Sosa territory, where they were just fucking, oh, I mean, they, yeah. they, they were shooting at each other up so hard. They're like, oh dude, look at my ass. Oh your ass looks so good. Let me stick this fucking needle in it. Yeah, what? Then, then Joey Joey would be fucking just. I mean, hell, he'd probably be sitting there looking at forty nine home runs right now too. Things things Brad said in the Marine Corps. Sorry, went off the rails on that one. Little I miss steroids sometimes. Little bit. You're you're just missing them because your shoulders hurt. That's that's true, Jake. Erotic scene. So that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast. (laughs) We'll go around the room here. Give everybody give their final thoughts. Uh, Woo, you go first. What are your final thoughts? Baseball's ending. It's a little sad. The Reds suck. I'm hoping the offseason will give us something to get excited about, like last year, but this time, you know, like to a times 10. So hockey's here. 
and I get to transition from one crappy team to another. So wow. it's like a thing of it's a thing of beauty. So go jackets. <laughs> Burma, your final thoughts. Yeah, uh, the end of base the baseball season is always sad. Um, you know, watching the last game at three o'clock on Sunday. I do love the start time because you know it's like right it's sandwiched in between all the NFL stuff. So if everybody's you know excited and watching their team, they can at least catch some of the game at some point. Uh, but yeah, like Wu said, if you're interested in hockey at all, you know, go Jackets, and uh, you know, be happy to pump them up with you. But other than that. You know, it's just it's always sad when the season comes down to an end and we got to go through the cold, hard winter and wait six months baseball. Branch. Uh, it's been one hell of an entertaining season. Well, the first half was entertaining. After the All-Star break and trade deadline, it was eh. Um, I'm tomorrow, like any good Reds fan should be, I'm already scheduled my day around not really getting shit done and the work in the afternoon so I can listen to Marty's last call. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to probably cry, um, especially if we get a, you know, this one belongs to the Reds, which, well, you know. That probably won't. And um, it probably won't, but hell, I haven't even looked to see who's pitching tomorrow. And uh, God, the, the Brewers are going to run out of hangover lineup tomorrow. Yeah, I think they're going to win tomorrow. They, they, they could. They could. And it would be kind of nice. Um, and, I, and I'm going to be tore up about it. And I really am. But I look forward to – Whoever the hell takes over the radio booth, because I'm a radio guy. I listen to almost every game. I only watch two a year on TV and, you know, three, four a year in person. And um, the season didn't end up like we wanted it to. It sucks balls. It really does. And uh, same as last week. Reds, go out and spend the fucking money. Sarah, your final thoughts. Well, here's the thing, too. Shout, Shout out, out Polly. Shout out to Polly. <laughs> Shout out to Polly. It's it's definitely been a roller coaster of a season. Um, you know, we've had exciting times and a hell of a lot of heartbreak. And definitely going to miss listening to Crotchety Marty. And we'll be interested to see whoever lands the spot, how that plays out. And yeah, it's kind of season, but a few of us, a few select elite group will always have that magical opening day. Oh, fuck yeah. Great opening day. Great opening day. For my final thoughts, I want to give a shout out to sponsor of the podcast, Sensi Sports Gallery. Go there for all your Reds memorabilia needs. Go see Callie and four. Woo and Branch and Sarah and Burmy. This is Coop saying we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati.